Hi diddly ho neighborinos, how are you? Kevin Goatee here, gutting the sacred cow. Wow, we have ourselves an amazing episode because David the producer has come back to do Dirty Dancing, a film that I have not seen until I had to rewatch, I had to watch this, excuse me, for the very first time for this podcast. Before we get to it, Quick thank you to Podcorn, who has sponsored this episode, so you'll hear more about that in the episode. If you're looking to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Big news, guess what? We're going to have a live show. That's right, late January, working on the date, but it's going to be late January, it looks like, as well. It's probably going to be up in North Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey, to be exact, so we're going to do a live show where we have a film. We're going to show the film that we're going to gut and do the show right after the film. How cool is that going to be? So get ready to be uh, on the lookout for that. If you have not done so, please go over to our merch shop, guttingthesacredcow.com. Grab a hat, grab a hoodie. It's getting a little cold outside. A shirt, a bag, a mug, whatever. And of course, don't forget as well, GTST Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and if you haven't done so, we still could always use a five-star rating or a two and a two-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you yet again, and enjoy Dirty Dancing. Gather round is what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. There are three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy that has a first name as a city. And never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now, you stick to that, and everything else is cream cheese. Kevin Israel, name that film. I feel like this is a Quentin Tarantino film. I will give you a hint. It is not. I have no idea. David, the producer, do you have an idea what that film is? I have no clue. I've never God, heard that line. God it does. It. I will admit this. It does sound very familiar, but it I can't. Is a, it is a 1980, I believe, six or five. I'm 85. I'm right. Damn, I have a, such a knowledge for nothing. The 1985 classic Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie no in so wonder. long. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, have a, I have a shirt that says, what are you looking at, Dick Nose? And Bill Schultz for the morning show <laughs> is insanely jealous because I trumped him wearing the Beavers jersey that he decided <laughs> to wear on our podcast. Oh, that's We're back gutting the sacred cow, kids. What is going on? Thanks for joining us yet again. The love you're showing. You guys are loving the X-Men episode. We love that you love that. And we're getting some international love, if you saw Kevin Israel. The yeah, I did are, see. I, I, people, are, are, people are coming out of the woodwork. The gals across the pond are digging us. Can you blame them? We are yeah, They're coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> That's Irish, not British, but well, it's still across the pond. Fair. Transatlantic sexy is that what you call yourself now? We uh, yeah. As soon as we, <laughs> as soon as we, that's that's two continents we're going to conquer. Wait till we get ourselves in Antarctica. Then it's game over, boys. Those fucking penguins are gonna go crazy. <laughs> David, the producer, you might have recognized that voice. I dare say his episode. I'm gonna give him a compliment. I think it turned the corner for our podcast. How about that, Kevin Israel? I have to agree. I think his podcast was the first one that made people really go, fuck those guys. (laughs) (laughs) 
fuck those guys. And we've got people going, huh, maybe Goonies isn't good enough. For, for example, back to the, the, the British gal today was, was saying how much she loved Greece. And she goes, I love Greece. And I had to start with your show with that episode. I couldn't wait to get up. And you guys are right. <laughs> I love I like that you called her a gal. I did call her a gal. You're fully a dad. A gal. A lady friend. That's when I get older and divorced. Dame. my wife dies That British dame. <laughs> I could have called her a bird. I don't know if she's hot or not. That's my friend English Johnny calls her the birds. Would have been culturally appropriate. Yeah. The film that David the producer, by the way, David the producer from Behind the Rant, the Unrightable Rant podcast with, with his wife, Juliet who did monster numbers for her appearance with the film Scream, by the way. Monster, I think she's t- number three or four all time. Wow. That feels like a lifetime ago, by the way. That was yeah. June, by the way. I know. <laughs> June, four months ago as we taped this. But David DeGoody did such a great job. We're going to have him back. And David has chosen the second film that I was afraid that someone was going to choose when I started this podcast, the first being Greece and the affable Joanne Nosichinsky has selected that. We've done that months ago and I didn't utter the words much like he who shall not be named, i.e. Harry Potter. I'd never brought this name up to anyone because I was afraid to be forced to watch it. But lo and behold, David, the producer uses Jedi mind trick powers and figure out that Kevin Goatee has never seen or never wanted to see the 1987 cult classic box office smash, Dirty Dancing. I was so happy when you told me that he chose this movie. <laughs> I knew. Not because I wanted to watch it, just because I knew you would have to suffer through it. And, I, and watching it, every, there was each, I almost texted you every, every new scene. I was like, I bet he hated this. <laughs> ah, I bet he hated this. <laughs> you can't imagine the amount of consternation that when I, every letter when I was texting you of his selection, it just felt like a knife in my side, a la prison shank style. I go, oh. Because usually, David, when most of the films that are, are selected, I would say half to two-thirds elicit the reaction out of Ke- mostly Kevin, but sometimes me, of, quote, Fuck this guy when he makes a pick because the film is something that we like. Mm-hmm. When I texted Kevin this, it was ha 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 ha. <laughs> you know what? It. Unfortunately, every time I've said, not every time, I'd say half the times that I've said, ah, oh, fuck this guy. I then rewatch the movie and I'm like, fuck, I don't All like right. this movie. <laughs> yeah. Face off. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Inception. Batman Returns. God, God damn it. <laughs> Dirty Dancing, a 1987 budget of $6 million, bringing in a haul of $214.6 million. Fuck a duck. $2020, a budget of $16 million, a haul of $491.6 million. Considering this film was almost released straight to VHS, that's right, millennials, a little clunky VCR tape your grandmom still has, and I still have too, and Kevin Israel has as well. We discussed this last night. In our homes, Can you, what a haul for such a – that's like Blair you couldn't make life. You couldn't make a porno for $6 million today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can with bus station runaway skanks, duh. <laughs> or junk. just use your GoPro. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can just go watch people fuck in the French Quarter in David, uh, the producer's backyard of New Orleans. <laughs> like and that go, hasn't happened. I think that's David, the producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the love letter to his wife every two seconds in the photos. Jesus. You're a walk, it, you're, you're does a he have a tail? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not the tail. <laughs> <laughs> you're a walking Hallmark Channel film, David. I will say that. <laughs> An INDB score of, as we know, is a 1 through 10 with decimal points. I'm going to allow our esteemed guest to pick his uh, – to go first. David, what did INDB rank Dirty Dancing on, IM, on, the, on the 1 to 10 scale? I'm going to go 6.7. Kevin. He took my score. <laughs> I was going to go 6.7. I will go 6.3. 7.0. Wow. Oh, it's higher way than I thought. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, as we know, 1 through 100 is percentage points. Kevin Israel, I shall have you go first. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm going to say low. I'm going to go 62. David. I'm going lower than that. I'm going to say 55. 68. Mm. They kind of liked it. Audience, Rotten Tomatoes score. David, the producer, you're up. 82. Kevin. I'm going to pull the, uh, the old uh, uh, right right and go uh, 84. 90. Wow. How wow. dare these 90. lemmings. No, I oh. knew it. I knew it. As soon as I saw I, I, I was when I do the research, I go, it's easily in the 90s. It's probably low 90s because everyone fucking loves this film. Quotes the dumbest one of all and the most overused and abused quote. It doesn't matter where you are, some dumb dildo's gonna drop this in a non sequitur fashion. Nobody puts baby in a corner. And even Patrick, I was just gonna say Patrick Stewart, we just did X Men. Even Patrick Swayze, how dare I? Point break, what a great film. Even Swayze admitted he hated that line. The other quote I have I carried the watermelon. Uh, yes. Kevin Israel quotes. And please. Sit down, Jake. Oh, no, I was going to say no watermelon racist remarks out of you for a change. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's because that's my, that's my brand. Uh, yes. Sit down, Jake. David, did any quotes jump out at you? Yes. One specifically where Johnny Castle says, look, spaghetti arms. This is my dance space. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. If that doesn't get more 80s than that with the uh, the line. Frank Ca- or Johnny Castle. I mean, Frank Castle. That's I a know, Punisher. I, I know it's a Punisher. <laughs> I'm just going to say that's a Punisher. I knew I was going to say that, too. What? That, that's like the best 80s B porn movie name. You I, that's, I had that written down. I had that written down. That's not the, even my notes. It's off the dome, Israel. Uh, I had it written down. Johnny Castle is a porn star name if I ever heard one. Five fun Facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. <laughs> In Russia, it's policy for the battered, battered women's shelter to feed, clean up the women, and then show them dirty dancing. You're making that up. No, Come no. On. on several sides. Now you may go back to... Yeah. To civilization. And then yeah. they, I'd rather go to the gulag. Yeah. And, and <laughs> exactly. And then they go right back to a drunken Boris at home to get punched in their <laughs> other eye because this film is worse than eating borscht. <laughs> Thank you. 
Jennifer Gray, number two. Jennifer Gray was how old playing a 17-year-old baby? How old was Jennifer Gray at time of filming? I don't know that. I know how old Patrick Swayze was because I'm going to be bringing this up later. Oh, we all both are. Oh, yeah. But I don't know how old she was. I'm going to guess like 23. Israel. I was fucking, he's in my head. I was going to say 23. (laughs) 26. Whoa. Wow. Did they, that was, that's an interesting point. Did they say in the movie that she was 17? Well, they said that uh, she was, was going into the Peace Corps, mm-hmm. right, out of mm-hmm. high school, yeah. and that was her last year of high school. So she's either between 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. She was going into her last year of high school? No, 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 no. She was actually she was ending. All right. Yeah. Okay. Ending, so she could have been she was going to the Peace Corps. She could have been 18. I feel like they were setting totally. her up to be 18 to, uh, to pass laws in all 50 states. Yeah. Mm. That's a great – well, I don't know about Mississippi, for that matter, or Alabama. <laughs> that is a great area as far as I'm concerned. Swayze, as uh, David knows, 34 years old when he filmed. Yep. Who was God up damn, for the – he looked amazing. He does, does, when is he not, except now? Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who else was up for the role of baby? Any guesses? I'll give you baby. one hint. Yeah, baby. I'll give you one. And uh, I'm going to say a late 80s, but definitely early 90s darling. And another one who kind of blossomed. Same. One name you're going to go, yep, I get it. The other name you're going to go, what? Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, who was the girl that was in? Um... Pamela Anderson. No. Yes, I, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say her in Tommy Lee. Uh, no, I was thinking about uh, Back to the Future. What's Leah the, Thompson. Leah Thompson. Nope. That would make sense. Nope. But it would make sense because they were also, she was also in Red Dawn with Swayze. Right. Israel, got a guess? I got nothing. Winona Ryder. Mm. Mm. And Sarah Jessica Parker. I mean, it's the same person. I know. Well, <laughs> but Sarah Jessica Parker did not get the role because it would have been impossible to dance and feed sugar cubes to her at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sarah, why the long face? Nay. <laughs> Who was up for the role of uh, Castle? <clears throat> I tell you what, you're not, I'm not even going to let you guys guess. You're never going to even think about it. Billy Zane. Ooh. Val Kilmer. Back in 87. I know, right? Did he have hair in 87? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday. And that makes sense. One, does it? I can see Because he's danced that. in movies before. I don't remember yeah, I him dancing in a, I don't remember him dancing Remember in Top Secret? Yeah, I did that's see, right. I, I did not like that. I have to rewatch it, but I, I It's did not, not like a great it. film, but no, he does know how to dance. And the last one, which got me uh, with a chuckle, Benicio Del Toro. Wow. Can you imagine if he got that role? Hand me the watermelon, you cocksucker. What the fuck? Was he around (laughs) in 87? Was he on the scene in 87? He was a bad guy in License to Kill, the last Timothy Dalton Bond film, is the last thing, first thing I remember him in. If you couldn't make. That was the 90s, though. That was 89, yeah. But this is 87, so go figure. Like you couldn't make Johnny Castle any greasier. I smell an Italian joke coming from David. <laughs> Number four, Patrick Swayze had to convince Jennifer Grey to take the role as they did not get along when they made Red Dawn. They hashed things out together in a room in 30 minutes and walked out both with bloodshot eyes and tears fresh from their fa- fresh on their face. How cute. Red Dawn was such a good movie. 
No, it was not. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? Watch Wolverine. it again. Watch it again. I it just does, watched it last year. Does not hold Still up. loved it. Oh, so that, bad. That's my third installment when I come back. <laughs> Listen, that's it. Uh, then we're, we're going to the mats. I just tipped my hand on that one. Number five, a young Paul Feig starred in the Dirty Dancing TV series. Hmm. The director of there's, Bridesmaids. There's something I don't even remember uh, existing. There was a remake of this. It wasn't long. No, it was a Broadway play, too. And a sequel, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. That came out in the Oh, that's what it was. It was that's what it was. But there also was a reboot. You're right, Kevin. No, there was. was? But it was just such a went out with it went out like a fart in a in a bathtub. Just no one gave it. It's not like this movie is like, there's so much more we could do with this. Well, they said the same thing about Robocop and Total Recall, but that didn't fucking stop them from you know, jarring two masterpieces and, and marring two masterpieces. You know what? Whenever it's a sci-fi movie, I feel like, all right, I kind of get them trying again because you can do more. The special effects are better, and maybe you could show something visually. This is just – all right, I'll get into it when I – go ahead. Let's move on. Listen, we are going, this one is going to get pretty bloody, I'm sure. <laughs> so why delay the inevitable? And let's let David, the producer – Guts, Cut. the, the sacred, sacred cow. cow. This isn't going to be that hard at all. Well, it, this movie, Dirty Dancing, or as I like to call it, Merengue with a Predator, uh, is exactly <laughs> why we should have a time limit on nostalgia. Literally, this is nothing more than a nostalgic movie where a lot of, you know, Karens will sit there in front of their TV and watch this and love it. And I understand why. But I got to invoke Roger Ebert, because when Roger Ebert reviewed this movie, he gave it one star and his he barely gave it a review. All he says is, I'll give this movie one thing. It has a great title. That's how bad Roger Ebert thought it was. So it's a story about the have and the have-nots. It's essentially West Side Story without the frickin' story at all. It's West Side Story with Jews. <laughs> it is. You know, the funny thing is they never even uh, acknowledge that. They never bring up or even say the word Jew or Jewish at all. Nope. But let me tell you what. But it's heavily leaned on. I spend, I, spend a, I spend a lot of my youth up in those Catskill Mountains resorts. They were all Jews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was exactly. Ask you. I swear to God, I was going to ask you if you've ever been up there. The Neville, the Gro- Gross Singers, the Concord. Oh, yeah, we went to the mall. Oh. <laughs> continue, continue, sir. No, so this is less about a romance, and everyone thinks this is just a romance movie, and I think it's more about like a holiday from hell. Right. You got abortions gone wrong. You got a young girl falling for a much older guy who is completely emotionally detached from her at all. And then pile on accusations of like theft and people getting fired. This is the worst movie ever made. And (laughs) let me take it back even a couple steps that, first of all, her nickname is Baby. And that gets a little creepy because her character is supposed to be, like we said, like 17 or 18 years old. And Patrick Swayze was 34 when he filmed this. But even the lodge manager, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, Kellerman. Kellerman. Yeah. He gave the wait staff this 
kind of creepy pep talk at the beginning that's like, show the goddamn daughters a good time and all of uh, the daughters, even the dogs, romance them any way you want. But then Johnny comes in the room and he goes, don't you touch the guests. <laughs> I feel, like, it's funny that you say that. I feel like he was supposed to be black. Yeah, I feel you like that's what? what that moment was supposed to be racist, and it just it, they they were like, we can't go that far. I like how you broke his own Fight Club rule, which is don't fuck the guests. Oh, jeez, <laughs> good point. I mean, as soon as they said that, you were like, he's okay, definitely fucking one of the <laughs> yeah, guests. He's, he's and he, and he <laughs> says it again like three or four times, just like yeah, there's women that are throwing room keys at me. I, oh, woe is me! I can't believe it. he was playing a victim. By screwing all these yeah. guests. Don't like, fuck the guests because that's my job. <laughs> right. And the movie's totally filled with contradictions, right? Like, Johnny spends the whole first third of the film shitting all over Baby for her privilege and what she has. And what brings them together? Of course, you know, Baby uses her privilege to help them pay for uh, the abortion, right? So it's like, oh, okay, now you're cool. It's like, would you Where'd call that? that I don't. I wouldn't call that privilege. I'd say her dad is a doctor who's worked his ass off and has money. That's not privilege. Well, he looked at her as privilege, and the whole family uh, is privilege. Yeah, right? it wasn't. It wasn't the father's privilege. It was the uh, kid's privilege of just being able to go to her dad and be like, "Hey, give me two fifty. Exactly. Well, a lot of money and, back in '63, I might add. Let's talk uh, two thousand and ten dollars. You look two thousand one hundred twenty-six dollars yep. and forty-seven cents. You both looked it up. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. You both did so much research. More you did as much research as I did for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, the whole reason why I, I, I kind of looked it up was like, okay, the whole abortion plot line was totally weak to begin with. But who gives their daughter the equivalent of twenty-one hundred dollars in today's money? Yep. And doesn't even ask for an explanation of why she needs it. And he clearly wasn't that kind of father. He clearly no. wasn't the father who just gave his kids stuff. No. So, like, that much money would have come with, which, what are you using it for? Like, I can't tell you. Oh, okay, well, I'll have it for you. In the, like, and then he goes on. To, like, you're 100% right. Go on. I'm he, not, could have, he should have been like, what is this for? Cocaine? No. An abortion? Oh, okay, cool. There you go. Oh, yeah, cool. But the, the reason I looked it up was because I remember being up 10, which was about 1987, yeah. and something happened. I can't remember. Either my mom said something or, or the grocery. Something was $100. And I remember thinking $100 seemed like the most amount of money. Like it was money I couldn't even conceive. Can I put and that this even- girl asked for 250 on a whim. <laughs> I remember just a quick aside. Because my parents were like, we're not gonna let, we're not gonna pay for a Nintendo for you. Because I know you're gonna play this nonstop. You're gonna have to earn that money for a Nintendo. And a Nintendo then cost one hundred dollars, which I, as a Amazing. kid, you're like, oh my god, I'm be saving my ass off for years. And yeah, you're right. That's so funny. Two fifty on a fucking whim. Like, it's like, can I get some ice cream? That's cool. Yeah, two fifty. Which, which by the way, we now know that that hundred dollars yeah. is about a thousand dollars now. I know. So that Nintendo was was about a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yep. And good thing that she gave him the two fifty because it was a totally botched abortion to begin with. So that two thousand one hundred dollars was worth it. Nice job. So he was a gigolo in a sense because in essence, by paying for her abortion, she got his dick. So he's a gigolo. So she paid to have sex. Hmm. Inadvertently. 
Which, Which is a like, much more interesting storyline. That's yeah, meta. Would have been. That is meta as fuck. Thank you. Right. <laughs> well, not only does it get bad with okay, d- dad has to give her money that he has no idea what it's for. Then she's got to go back to him and say, "Uh, one of my friends uh, just had a botched abortion. You just happen to be a doctor. Could you fix it?" The dad thinks that immediately that it's Johnny's based on the situation, but Johnny never corrects him. Never. Would you ever want, you know, if you wanted to endear yourself to the dad of the girl that you're dating, wouldn't you say something like, hey, dude, not mine. You know, I, I didn't do it. I didn't slide it into Penny. I, I don't know. Or I know he, who did. Yeah. Yeah. Or he could have, she could have said, hey, I'll save you 250 if you do an abortion on this girl. Right. Exactly. I don't know. That's called being pragmatic, I guess. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. You know what? You would have cut off the middleman. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I, thank you. <laughs> and, and there's no reason why the dad should have thought that in the first place. And that's the whole problem with this whole plot line. Uh, this whole movie, uh, really, it, it's, it's about the idiot plot which obligates every single actor to say the exactly the wrong thing at the wrong time to protect the idiocy that they're all making in this movie. So he doesn't know that. The dad doesn't understand his daughters. The, the mom says the wrong thing at the, at the wrong time. It's the dumbest plot ever. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was. Okay. I, I do I, have sorry. to bring up one last thing, though. Okay. You brought it up. You you as much time as you want to. So, oh my God, I I want to dig into this asshole. Go ahead. You know what? I don't like speaking bad of the dead, but well, until now. (laughs) Oh no! Patrick Swayze is the worst freaking actor in this movie. Now, don't say anything you can't take back because Point Break is a goddamn American classic, sir. Well, I think he said in this in this movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't hear that part. I'm sorry. In this movie, because you know he's got essentially three speeds, right? It's ambivalent up front and then just a complete mean asshole and then sexy dancer. That's the three speeds he has in this movie. Matter of fact, the whole sexy dancer thing, I counted how many times he walked into the room cock first, dancing (laughs) into it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's three. He leads with his penis this whole movie. I'm like, oh, man, that's acting right there. I mean, if you're a straight guy, isn't that how you have to lead out with your cock first is when dancing like that? Because there's nothing manly about that. Either you can hit a home run or you can shake your ass in the merengue. It's got to be cock first or nothing at all. That's how I would roll if I could dance. (laughs) If I could dance, exactly. And you brought up the, the big line of the movie, you know, nobody puts baby in the corner bullshit. And I kind of looked at it a different way for the first time when I watched it the last time. Because when he walks up, she's obviously already sitting at the corner, right? So it's an obvious statement. But he doesn't know. Johnny doesn't know she chose to fucking sit there. <laughs> he has no idea. Or if it's assigned tables. You no one says that, but then all of a sudden her dad's just an overbearing dick because he walks up and thinks that. I think that's the dumbest observation in the whole movie. It was I, a, a I, really ridiculous line. Right. And by the way, at that moment, he'd been accused of being a thief. He'd been accused of abandoning a girl 
who was pregnant. He'd been accused of just being a lowlife. And all he can say to the father is, nobody puts your daughter in the court. He doesn't say something like, I'm better than you think, or like, I'm more, like, he doesn't say anything about himself, defending himself. He says some stupid shit about where she's sitting. It's bananas. Well, I'm glad you brought up the whole wallet theft thing, you know, the whole theft uh, subplot, because it's completely useless in the movie because they don't even fire Johnny for that. They fire him for fraternizing. So why even have that? So Jennifer Grey could have a temper tantrum about, so I wait, I did this for nothing. I wasted my time. And after dancing with him for one week, she goes, you're my everything. Ooh, you're a little needy. Oof. Stage five clinger alert. By the way, that, that woman who, uh, with the, with the old guy smoke show, I don't know what Johnny was doing with with busted face, Jennifer Grey, but that milf. Ooh. Oh yeah. She was, she was. And she was just throwing it around. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, we got it with Starship Troopers. There's nothing better than a, an aggressive woman who knows what she wants. She's like, yep, we're going to fuck. And it's just a matter of not if, but when. So what's good for you? What time works? About half an hour after dinner? Nothing better than that. Sorry. Soapbox. <laughs> anyway. And I love it that the, the Jennifer Grey, you know, she spends one day dancing across a bridge and that makes her Ginger fucking Rogers. <laughs> you know, it's like, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Always moved. followed by the great montage. It's like, you know what? I know the 80s movies were filled with montages, and they don't exist anymore. They just don't. And I've there's said, a reason. Excuse me. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Thank you. I wish you brought me dinner. Uh, there's nothing that makes me happier in an 80s film than a shopping montage. And bonus points if you play the Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine while doing so. What's, what's the best shopping montage in 80s movie history oh uh oh uh mannequin <laughs> good one Nah, good one good one not what i'm thinking though pretty woman was 1990 so that doesn't count but it's i'd allow it but my favorite commando yes yes <laughs> yes yes there was where a we shopping go- sequence yeah, where we go when he goes and gets all the yeah, guns yeah. from a oh. walmart he gets a bazooka at a walmart <laughs> wait, wait, wait. do the line right where are we going shopping shopping fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah oh sustain baby sustain <laughs> sorry david continue no, I, I only have one additional point. Well, actually, I have two points, but I'll, I'll condense. So you're probably familiar with the soundtrack. So it's the I Had, the Time of My Life song, the soundtrack to every crappy wedding, you know, all of us have gone to. Um, this soundtrack, and even in the movie, as they introduce the songs to the soundtrack, is like hyper confusing because there's the, some of these great sixties classics yep. and the other half of the soundtrack are synth and drum driven 80 shitty songs. And then Patrick Swayze shoehorns a piece of shit. He wrote into it called. She's like the wind. That is awful. Awful. I, I thought the exact same thing that they, this is supposed to be like a timepiece movie. Yep. And there, there is some great, you know, 60s era movie music. And then suddenly you're just listening to this 80s shit. And it's like, where, when are we? <laughs> In the notes, you sons of bitches. And even pile on the I had the time of my life. I have a younger sister. And the goddamn I had the time of my life was every song at every fucking recital I had to sit through with my brother. So I have PTSD from that fucking song alone 
besides it. So the whole film thing, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. That song just oh, sends shivers up my butthole. Continue. <laughs> I only have one additional point, and I just wrote this as a side note, that when Baby drags the stupid watermelons to the party, it looks like a third-class deck scene on the Titanic when they walk in that room. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened here? It's like, oh, that's where they hide the Irish. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! In the middle of Damn it. No Irish dancing a jig? <laughs> I mean, the, the steerage where the uh, the freckle-faced McSwiggins are partying. You fucker, I was going to say that. God damn, you are good. Uh, nobody you're... puts baby in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing missing... Nobody puts old baby in the corner. <laughs> the only thing was missing was shitty music and shittier cable sweaters. <laughs> it was summer. Guy. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do pale. They do get. They do burn easily. Kevin, uh, you want to go first, or shall I go first? I, I would like to take the honors if you don't mind, because you know you're, I'm going to steal half your points. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to leave some meat on the bone for you. Thank you. Um, my first thought: Did Newman ever age? <laughs> no. Like, first of all, I never realized he was in the movie until this watching. He's in the movie a lot. And he looks exactly the same as when he was in Seinfeld. Like, does fat not age? What's the story with that? Is, is, there, is there some, is there some uh, fountain of youth in cellulite? Like, I just... I guess fatty liver disease keeps you young looking for your entire life. Yeah. And three-week vacation. Wow, the 60s was a fucking golden era. You just get three weeks to leave work. Could you imagine today being like, yeah, I'm going to go... Up to uh to this uh to this Jewish retreat for three weeks. Is that cool? They were gonna uh, play some Parcheesi. You have to play. Oh yeah, yeah go ahead. Enjoy. Yeah, you have to claim sabbatical or short term disability right. to get that kind of time off. Right. Right. <laughs> Paternity leave. Um, <laughs> I had a week off for my kid. Not three. I'm pretty sure as a stand up comedian, I've played Kellerman's and uh, don't try the veal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, by the way, I, I wrote this down as a note. It was supposed to be a quote. Uh, I loved, um, just put your pickle on everyone's plate and leave the hard stuff to me. <laughs> I thought that was an, a fantastic comeback in a, in a terrible movie. The Pocono um, jokes were awful in that. How about it? Uh, oh, I mean, my God. Well, well, and then when Newman did stand-up, I, still, I know comics still doing those jokes. And I was like, this is still happening. The only <laughs> and that was supposed to be in the 60s. <laughs> the only thing missing was him with a spitting bow tie and a, and a bottle of yeah. salt water spray, people. But I, listen, I'm not sure if, I, if, I've, uh, if I've played the Kel- Kellermans, but I definitely opened for that magician that cuts Jennifer Grey in half. <laughs> and, and he pays like shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we covered Johnny being a porn name. Um, when they're watching him dance, when they're watching, when they're watching the, the dance in the, in, the, in the secret cabin, and, uh, and she goes, where did he learn to dance like that? Where did they learn to dance like that watching Swayze and his, and his uh, partner? I don't know. They hip fuck every evening. What do you mean where did they learn to dance? Like, that's the dumbest question in the world. How did they figure that out? Fuck. Um, I like that. When, uh, when Baby first starts dancing, that awkwardness and the look on her face is the exact reason I never danced. Because that's exactly how I'm pretty sure I look. 
especially during <laughs> when she's my- like trying to like move her body and it's the most unsexy thing in the world. That's exact. Even when I'm drunk, I'm like, I look completely unattractive. <laughs> picture, he picture, looks spaghetti arms. <laughs> picture baby, <laughs> picture baby dancing with a kettle and soda in her hand. That was me at my wedding. <laughs> I'm sure you made it look good. Um, <laughs> The scene when they find out about the pregnancy and Patrick Swayze turns on baby and goes, oh, so right away you think it's mine? Yeah, bro. You're fucking, you look like you're banging her every night. Look at the two of you. Of course we think it's yours. If a matter of fact, if I didn't think it was yours, people would say I'm an idiot. (laughs) A blind, deaf Columbo could have thought that it was yours. Um... Uh, although, so then when Jennifer Grey starts dancing, learning to dance, she goes, and, and I'm pretty sure this was intentional to like show her evolution in 24 hours. She goes, she's in like that little dress, like awkwardly dancing, and then suddenly she's in Daisy Dukes and like a halter top with her hair done and makeup on, and she's like all confident. It's like, what the fuck just, did we just watch a girl become a woman in a dance montage? <laughs> she went full blown horror in eight hours. <laughs> It was awesome. Once you get that guy who has a questionable, you know, pass and at least one DWI, you never go back. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure knowing how much Kevin Goatee hates musical montages and just the, that whole genre, that if he skipped all of the musical montages in this movie, he could have gotten through it in about 23 minutes. Because this movie was just one giant musical montage after another. It was it was like they just had an idea and then we're like, how are we gonna tie this together? What's the what's the plot gonna be? Uh at the end, when uh, when Johnny comes in and, and interrupts the whole thing, this I'm gonna take Kevin Kevin Goatee's quote. That doesn't happen. Like I hate in movies when people just interrupt shit and everyone just stands there and it's like, guess we gotta listen to this guy talk. Like, you no, know, you'd be like, get the fuck off the stage, asshole. We fired you. What are you doing? You know, and I thought about my and I love my it doesn't happen. Thank you for referencing that. I think that one started with the that doesn't happen, the graduate. Where he goes to the top, is like, no, that doesn't fucking happen. But I have more that doesn't happen, especially in sports movies, because Hollywood writers never threw a ball of any sort successfully. Oh, yeah. Thankfully. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Sports movies are definitely. Catch a few, not throwing them. Yeah. The end end dance montage is is painful. Classic. But when he jumps off the stage, and looks in the camera and starts doing the like at the camera. I was I was like I gotta turn this off. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna throw up in my mouth. Like it was so uncomfortable to watch. And so it was like they were like, "Hey, this is an action movie. Remember? Let's have him in his dance shoes jump off the stage and look cool." And like it, it, it the exact opposite. It looks absolutely ridiculous. And um, another scene where he leads with his cock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know how exactly. But you know what? And the thing is, Patrick Swayze was like at his as his looks and physical peak for this movie. Like yeah. he was a ten. Like as a man, I am one hundred percent confident in saying that guy is a ten in anybody's scale. Jennifer Grey at best was a five. Oh. And this, <laughs> and she this, was a mill. <laughs> this oh. evens out all of those movies where like the dumpy guy gets the amazingly hot chick and every and everybody's like, I would never have like this is and this is more ridiculous because guys are so shallow. Um 
but it is it is awkward the whole age thing especially like david said now like the whole age clear age difference even if he's in his 20s was supposed to be in his 20s it was awkward um and swayze in this is just pretty and dumb like he goes through the whole movie he's just an idiot like he doesn't understand how like like he acts like he knows how life works but everything he says i'm like do you have you ever lived before? Like, why are you surprised by all of this? You're just now getting offended that you're treated like this dumb idiot little girl made you realize that you don't like you're on a different stratification level than all these people. Uh, so in summation, this movie was about nothing. There were no stakes in this movie. There was no Nobody was at risk. The most at-risk thing here was an abortion and not taking anything away from abortion. But this movie doesn't even feel like it puts any stakes on the abortion. Like she goes, she incidentally gets pregnant. It's, it's told as like an aside. She goes and has this bad abortion that, by the way, she paid $2,000 for in today's money. So how much does a good abortion cost in, in the 60s? And then the father just comes in and, I mean, we don't even really know what he does to her, but he does what, something and she's what fine. Do you, what, do you lay hands on her like a fucking yeah, baby? Exactly, arm? exactly. He gave her some, <laughs> he gave her some uh, antibiotics and told her to suck it up. Um, <laughs> but then she's fine. I mean, she, at the, by the end of the movie, she's fine. Uh, there, there's just no stakes in this. Baby's conflict with her father, who she, you've already, it's already made clear that adores her. There's this scene where he goes, uh, after he finds out about the abortion, he's like, I don't even know who you are anymore, baby. What do you mean? She helped somebody. She cared about somebody. Got some, she, she was exactly who you thought she was. That's, if, that's exactly what you would expect her to do. If she had gone and gotten pregnant and then like pushed out two babies in secret, that I would have been like, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> when she helps, that's, that's specifically the person here. She's gone to the Peace Corps. Of course this is what she does. He's, an, he's the worst father in the world. He's a completely oblivious. And his other daughter is... is like one side from one step away from being an autistic moron. Like she has <laughs> an absolutely autistic, no an autistic slut. Yeah, she has no part in this movie other than to be like, I'm going to fuck throughout the whole movie. She's like, I'm yeah. getting fucked. And then she finds him fuck. She should have, when she saw him fucking the other girl, she should have been like, can I join in? Cause at that point, why, why not? At least that would have made it interesting. Damn you. It was in my fucking nose. How do you not tag in? Like, Oh, I'm here. You're here. Let's just, yeah. How about the creepy scene with her and her sister where it's the only scene with those two together where she's just saying, Oh, you're the, you're the best sister. And it got so creepy even between those two, between two girls in the sixties. I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, and so for me, this movie just, there was, there were no stakes. It wasn't really about anything. It was just a chance for Patrick Swayze to be beautiful and dance and make us all feel bad for how we behave at weddings and everybody to try to replicate all those dance moves. And in every wedding, there's some stupid couple who tries to pretend like they're going to do the the leap and the catch. And everybody's like, she's going to crush him. And it never actually happens. Uh, And I hope 90% of them landed the cake. So I never, and and I want to know who'd win in a fight. Dalton, Bodie, or Johnny? <laughs> Dalton? Are you kidding me? That's a no-brainer. Yeah, Dalton. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. Bodie's a pretty badass, but I have to go Dalton, too. Can you imagine, um, <laughs> can you imagine her fucking the ass go, be nice? I don't have to be nice anymore. <laughs> Until I'd have to not be nice. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but, and I feel like all those characters, Bodie, Dalton, like, I feel like from 
Johnny to Bodie to Dalton. Is that the way it went? I think. Uh, Johnny. I feel like uh, Point Break was. Wait, Johnny Bodie. Roadhouse was ninety. Point Break was ninety-one. Okay, so I feel like it was the evolution of that same character. Like he started off as a dancer, things didn't go too well for him. He went, he was like, he decided to be like a bouncer, and he learned how to fight, and then he ended his life as a bank robber. Holy wait, wait, shit! Wait, 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 wait! This is a trilogy. <laughs> I didn't no. even realize it. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take a big steaming dump on that very well thought out point. You forgot one film that he did in the middle, Ghost. Sam, oh. and then to give him a big pussy. That, that was terrible. I blocked it from my head. I didn't see that until like three months ago. I never saw Ghost because why bother? Thank you. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'll close by saying I give this movie a three. Ooh, now that's I have harsh. A, now I have a question. You watch a lot of these movies with your wife, who is a little younger. So then the she would watch is, it with me. What? <laughs> she's like, I hate that movie. What? I mean, I know she's younger. She's so it's not she. She didn't grow up with it. So I was dying to hear what Ashley's take was on this. She wouldn't watch it with me. She was because yeah, no. so when I told her the three movies we had to watch for these. The series of podcasts we just did. She's like, oh, I'll watch Harry Potter with you because she hadn't seen that. <laughs> and she's like, uh, and then she wanted to watch, um, what was the other Starship movie? Troopers. Already What's that? Starship Troopers. Yeah. So she, she wanted to watch that, but I had to watch it by my own. And then she's like, you can do Dirty Dancing. I don't want to watch that. I'm floored. Yeah. I'm floored. <laughs> My my wife says, I don't want to watch it with you. I'm going to hear you while I'm in the other room, yelling at the TV, just fine. <laughs> Juliet is not happy that I totally tore apart this movie. She's like, it's a great movie. And I said, explain why. She says, it's a great movie. Now just go away. I didn't know that your wife was a broken record. <laughs> <laughs> my love to your wife. She's the great. She's great. Even though Phantasm fucking stinks. Okay. <laughs> that was terrible. All right. This segment of my notes brought to you, of course, by the Gutting the Sacred Cow merch shop. David, the producer, why don't you have a Gutting the Sacred Cow shirt or hat or bag or cell phone holder or coffee mug? I need a coffee mug, actually. Well, I need a co- and you know what? You need a bourbon glass is what you need. And then I'm, all, I'm all in. in. That's a good one. A high That's a good call. Well, I'm a little older. Low balls will do. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That you know what? You do great at Kellerman's. So Yacha Cha Cha. Gutting the Sacred Cow.com for all of your gutting the sacred cow merchandise. Don't forget every every day new articles go up from gutting the sacred cow.com. Kevin Israel and I give you think pieces, pieces to think about while you're pooping. That's what we call them in these in this day and age. Ahem. One Two, three, and a half. Three and a half. What, do you think I was getting anything less? Bring them on. Attending a Catskills-esque party seems a fate worse than sniffing Newman's farts. (laughs) I just kept waiting for the two black people to jump into workers' dance party and show these crackers how it's really done. Wayne Knight is so annoying. I just wish a spitting a spitting dinosaur ate his guts in a second film. Because I just want to I just want to kick him the nuts and go, ah ah ah. On a que- on the queefy scale from one to Jesse Eisenberg, the hotel's the hotel owner's son is a Jeremy Piven from old school. 
See, no one brought him I'm, up. I'm glad until you came you. up with something for that because I had a note just written that son is a douche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else to write about him because it was such a non character. What a queef. Yeah. Jennifer Gray cannot do the merengue and she cannot give me a boner. <laughs> if this was all the fun they had in the 60s, with the exception of Woodstock and being a Hollywood producer in the 60s, all these baby boomers are fucking liars. This era blew. The mom and dad are too busy playing mahjong and not fucking, while their daughter is fucking a dude with at least one DWI and probably part of a cold case. <laughs> a lot, by the way. Yeah. Like, they a fucked lot. a lot. Like, how did they never know where she was? They didn't smell the fucking dripping cum down her leg as she came back in the house at two in the morning. That was visual. Well, <laughs> what can I say? I almost smelt that. <laughs> I do like to do it. Well, thank you. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Uh, sorry. John. What's his name? Johnny Castle? Johnny, Johnny Castle. Johnny, you didn't need to bash in a window with that wooden stump to get the car going. You could have used a hanger from Penny's abortion to open the window, get the car keys. Oh, God. Uh-huh. See, I had a triple triple A joke there, and I didn't go with it. Good on you. Thank you. That is how you write a fucking joke. (laughs) My wife wife goes, she shook her head and goes, they'll laugh, but I'm not. (laughs) Nicely done. Thank you, sir. You recognize greatness. (laughs) I didn't buy Patrick Swayze's story how he became a dancer. You mean to tell me a dude shows up at a diner and offers to teach other dudes how to dance without getting mouth or butt sex from them? He was trying to loop Pearlman slash Backstreet Boys them 35 years before the fact. Well, maybe he just blocked it out. We don't know what happened. Yeah, I call bullshit. No, no, I'm going to teach you how to dance. For what? Oh, because I'm a nice guy. Fuck you. Not once did Patrick Swayze see Jennifer Gray's rock-hard nipples and go, tune in Tokyo? <laughs> Patrick Swayze just hangs around his room wearing nothing but dress pants, dress shoes, and no shirt in his own room with no one around. <laughs> and if you he did like that Patrick three or Swayze, four times. You would do that too. Was he rehearsing for his eventual Chippendales SNL sketch with Chris Farley? <laughs> it's He's the just same staring outfit. In the mirror going, I'm going to fuck all those bitches out there. <laughs> I never thought of that. That's the same damn outfit. Thank you. That's why I'm good at this. Thank you. <laughs> no one. This is when Kevin Goatee actually breaks an arm patting himself on the back. <laughs> So, uh, so I saw he so we get some health insurance for this situation. <laughs> I feel I feel like Jim Abbott right now. <laughs> this this section is uh, brought to you by Arm and Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to cancel this film because dancing sashays away awful norms and rules like fucking underage girls. But in real life, Swayze's dick would have been cut off and branded where his dick was. <laughs> She this left. is like Footloose without the barn. I've never seen Footloose, by the way, either. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. No desire. No desire. That's going to be my th- third movie. You have like four <laughs> queued up, I think. Footloose is a better movie than this. I can't imagine. I'm not saying it's a great movie. It's a better movie than this. She True. left her parents' cottage to play charades, but went to bang Swayze. Guess Swayze holding out for sevens, of her, sevens or above is a real charade here. <laughs> Or baby having an intact hymen? That's another charade. 
You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I thought about Thank that you. actually. Thank you. We as- we have to assume this was her first time. Like I, I would assume that, yeah. and it's never discussed. Right. She does yeah. ask how many people he's been with, oh, but he never goes. Was this your first time? Don't you get on my fucking point, you son of a bitch! You had your turn already. <laughs> We're getting to that. Don't you worry. As I finish chewing. In fact, that's my next point. She asked the question that I have no idea why women continue to ask. How many women have you been with? There has never been a woman that's ever said, that's a good number. Because my answer is always three. And the woman will say, huh, three? Kind of low. And I say, well, three by 8 p.m.? That's kind of a good run in my book. (laughs) All right. They all can't can't be (laughs) tens. If you're the kind of guy that they have to ask how many people you've been with, if you're the kind of guy they have to ask how many people you've been with, they're never going to like how many people you tell them. My wife still goes, she goes, you have an idea? So I stopped counting. And she's like, oh, that's not going to continue. Thank you. (laughs) By the way, how about you guys? How have you answered that question with your respective wives or girls or women that have asked you that question? How did you answer that question with the, how many have you been with? Kevin, I'll go with you first. She knows. I mean, as best as I could figure out the number, she knows. And she, but I'm always like, but she's, you know, she's eight years younger than me. So I'm always like, yeah, but I had eight years on you. And one day she's like, the math still doesn't add up. And I was like, oh, I didn't tell you to do the math. Thanks, Warren Commission. <laughs> David, how did you answer that when, uh, if anyone's ever asked you that question? Yeah, Juliet knows how many girls I've been with. Uh, I was, she knows I was in a band in the 80s and toured. So she kind of, you know, well, she, she knows the number and it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, probably once she saw that your dick comes off, she was like, uh, this is yeah. <laughs> been a lot, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm more amazed that you guys know your numbers than not. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't even know. It's really, I don't even know. See that that shit doesn't bother me. Does that does, would it bother you if you actually knew the number? No. High or low? It's high. It's it's uh, it's. <laughs> this is an interesting. This is an interesting segment for the podcast. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, what's your version of high? I don't know. Like, can I? Can I, I well, don't know. let's say a couple hundred. No, no, oh, no, no. Jesus. Not, not a couple wow. hundred. Not a what couple hundred. F- no. Maybe, not a couple hundred, no. Okay. Well, what are you What are you talking? Like 20, 50, 75? Over, I think over 100. Oh, okay. No, you, I'm not over you, you said no. to me, a couple hundred, what are you, Will Whoa, Chamberlain? No, no. <laughs> 10,000. Yeah. No, I'm not over I got, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it, it's got to okay. be over that. It's, it's well, I'm sure it's over that. I don't know how, by, how much because who counts unless you have rings in your finger. Yeah, George. no one knows the real. Well, I, I don't think guys know the real number. I think girls know the no, real number. Guy, guys know the real number because those are the ones who have to keep count because they don't have a high number. <laughs> Point well taken. Thank you. Baby's name is Francis. Get the fuck out of here. You mean to tell me you heard that name and you did not immediately think of Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Whereas Francis is busy. Busy doing what? He's having his bath. Oh, yeah? Where are they housing him down at? All right. <laughs> You know what's funny that you said that movie? The first movie I thought of was Stripes. Settle down, oh, Francis. Good, good one. Good one. <laughs> Judges accept for the Stripes. Accepted. Swayze played this one like a fucking pro. Pro Swayze is a definitely a master coxman. Why? Because Penny is laid up on bed rest. So he figures, 
what the fuck? This 16-year-old can pass the time until my top draft pick comes off the DL. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, because, she was hot. Be good, thank you. Do you really think he's going to take a woman with a horrible nose job over a fucking smoke show? Like Cynthia, what's her last name? Everyone <laughs> said to me, they go, wait till you see this woman in this film. All dudes in the 80s went batshit for her. And I walk and I go, no. That's like trying to say, you know what? I'm going to take Denise. I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to take Nev Campbell over Denise Richards. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. From, from that's just stupidity. That's just a Cinderella Hollywood horse story that no one's – horse story. Why did I say horse? I, Hollywood horse shit story that no one's buying. But horse applies too. Fuck it. In fairness, Jennifer Grey got the nose job, and then she disappeared. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No one knew who she was after that. Yeah. She, she couldn't get cast. You know who else yep. did that? Renee Zellweger. Look at her now and look at her before. It oh, is like something happened to her face. Yeah, it's That's not just wild. a nose job. It's Jesus called, Christ, what she did called, to herself. That got mushed into like 50 pillows, and that was the end of her. She, it, she went she, from a cute girl to a Sharpay puppy. It's stop, stop, stop. She, did not, she was not cute. She had that permanent who farted look on her face. It was like, <laughs> smells weird in here, face on. Uh, Renee Zellweger, never hot, never was hot. No, thank you, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, she had that. The, I call it, we call it the who farted face. Uh, next one. The whole point of summer, guys and girls, is enjoying time away from school and to avoid assemblies. Was there any more torture than having to put on assemblies in school unless you were a weird theater nerd and had to sing your fucking answers in class to which I threw shit at you in class? I would rather work at a French magazine and try and draw Mohammed, then do a theatric production in the summertime on my break. Cheers. Where would you rather spend the summer at this hotel or the overlook? Overlook. <laughs> Cause no. you get to have, no. cause you get to have big wheel races. At oh, least I know the bar was decent. No, I will say this hotel <laughs> because uh, some of those Jewish women were slutty as shit and they were throwing it around. So I'm not going to get killed. How about you guys? Thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for Jennifer Gray to walk to say when she walked into the dance party, I want you to know that I had my father's gun and a scorching case of herpes. <laughs> Good call. And it's a Ferris Bueller's Day Off reference for all yep. you folks who are not keeping track at home. I know that now. I, I said that last time. That's right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I wrote, ah! Oh, you didn't? That wasn't on purpose? No. This was, no I wrote this down. I wrote this down, but I quoted that last night. That's hilarious. Old notes. <laughs> yeah. Laughed my balls off when they showed the one black couple at the last party scene front and center. Nowhere to be seen for 95 minutes, but number 96, bang. Do you know that director told the editor, oh, fuck, we have no black people in this film. We need at least five shots of them in the final scene, or Al Sharpton will be protesting the shit out of us. And as a tag to that... The the one line, literally one line that the one black guy says is at the like three quarters of the way through the movie, and it's a throwaway line. One line. Oh, I, I thought what was it? I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you. Oh, I, you know, I, I don't remember what it was, <laughs> but it was, it was so inane that I can't even remember it. Baby's mom is legit hot. What the fuck is she doing in that with that goofball husband of hers? Oh my god, she was like a Vegas nine and a half with a fantastic set on her too. I might add, meow. He's a doctor. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> next segment. I appreciated the lack of lazy stereotypes that this film had, as a bunch of '80s films did. Like I 
fully expected to hear a lot more complaining in the dining room scenes, but nope, no, this is too cold, take it back. Because as you all know, the weight of my heart are smart stereotypes, not lazy ones, thank you. I wanted to see more at the end. You can't just end on that, di- on that final dance scene. I wanted to see Jennifer Grey marry a Jewish podiatrist and blow him only whenever they held the Summer Olympics. I wanted to see Patrick Swayze dancing in the subways or turning tricks in a bus station to sustain his meth habit. And I wanted to see Wayne Knight realize his true calling, barking for stage time on Bleecker Street. That one's from Kevin Israel. You know what? Uh, and now looking at uh, Kevin's uh, Kevin Israel when he said uh, you know about the trilogy about the three movies, I think it should have went from this movie Dirty Dancing to Midnight Cowboy. That would have been the perfect transition. <laughs> perfect. You know, especially Kevin Israel knows. I hate musicals. Deeply and passionately. <laughs> like, Greece was an... If I was captured under Bin Laden and any Al-Qaeda jail in Afghanistan, I would have talked in three minutes into Greece. I hate musicals more than the TSA employees have hate having high expectations in life. This fucking film wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. What? I get why people like this. Soundtrack plus nostalgia plus loose plot equals easy money. It wasn't as schlocky as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going down that road. I Listen, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I thought I was going to hate this film more than Hillary Clinton hates loose ends, okay? This (laughs) plot... Thank you. This plot was nothing special, but it didn't pretend to be. It didn't take chances... But it wasn't cliche. Look, Swayze can rob it. Wasn't cliche? As much as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. Swayze, you, must have, you must have had high expectations. No, 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 no. Listen, Swayze can rob banks and he can dance his fucking ass off. There's no doubting that. And yeah. no one is debating that he's going to pick Penny over fucking baby. No chance. But I didn't hate it. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But it wasn't terrible. Will I watch this again? Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) But this was a quasi-pleasant surprise. I give it four and a half. Uh, That's respectable. I'm floored. I'm floored. I wasn't like... Again, Greece was the world. I'm like, oh my God, this is dog shit. I'm more shocked than you are. I go, you know what? It was like having medicine. You go, this is going to suck. This medicine's going to taste like shit. You go, you know what? Wasn't good, but it wasn't near as bad as I thought it was going to be. That was that film. <laughs> that's that's always great going to a movie, you know, saying things like that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Every, everyone's like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes you just with a bazooka. And then if any shrapnel or ashes were around, here comes a flamethrower from you. No, no. Yeah. I didn't hate it that much. Don't like it. I get why people like it. It's dopey, but I didn't despise it like I thought it would. The only reason I gave it the stars that I had is because, and I, no one can deny this, that it is an amazing dance movie. I mean, right. if you look at the dance sequences and the choreography and what they, you know, the time to put into it and all that stuff, it is pretty amazing from a dance perspective. Plot? Nope. Mm. Characters? Nope. 
Dialogue? Nope. <laughs> it checks all the boxes. Shitty movie. But it doesn't need to be a Quentin Tarantino character development. No. Character dialogue. No. It doesn't need to do that. It doesn't. There are no chances. And you're. And I think I, well, I forgot which one of you said this, but the abortion angle, like, oh, wait a minute. There is no antagonist aspect of this. No. What? There's no conflict. No. Zero. This was a fucking cakewalk. With, with, with I mean, in the, in the eyes of the characters, there's conflict. But when we look at it as real people who understand, like, real consequences of things right these people there was not what was the worst that was going to happen to anyone here he lost his job and he had to go dance at another resort sorry she got an abortion and she can still have kids okay good for you baby's gonna like the father's like there was nothing there were no consequences all this showed was that rich people can do what they want and if you're beautiful and handsome it doesn't matter if you're a dummy and can can i sum it up with the doctor's final words that he said at the end. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> How Shakespearean really? of him. What a moment, know. what a moment of pathos, right guys? I do love Jerry Orbach though. He is a great actor, but you know what? Yeah. Not here. In, him in Law and Order was top notch for me. <laughs> Hey gang, before we get into the critics' five-star reviews, we're going to talk about Podcorn. Podcorn is awesome. They are a marketplace that connects podcasters, like a lot of you people are, to amazing podcasting sponsorship opportunities, like host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all size, small, medium, you know, Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla territory, can choose the right opportunities on the platform set your own rates and collaborate with the brands without any exclusivity you never give up your rights to podcast and podcorn is here to help you every step of the way and make sure you're protected and paid for for the work that you do for the brands they're here to give podcasters transparency creative freedom and full control of how and when we monetize click the link in my show notes to sign up for podcorn and start browsing immediately for sponsorship opportunities we did this only a week ago and we already have a couple of people were ready to start uh, advertising with us in the next week or two. So, so Podcorn has been awesome right out of the gate for us. Check out Podcorn.com. Critics, five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. Dirty Dancing, directed by Emile Ardolino, is a conventional film in its Borscht Belt setting, ethnic satire, and feel-good ending, but with a deliciously subversive core. It's a sweet, lyrical movie with plenty of musical nostalgia, but more importantly, Dirty Dancing has an uplifting message of hope that can be found only in the dreams of the young. No! (laughs) The dancing here brings out the sensual dreaminess dreaminess of the songs. Dirty Dancing, what a great title, is such a bubble-headed retro vision of growing up in the 60s or any other time that you go out of the theater giggling happily. Happily. I'd be giggling happily. It's like, you know what? That wasn't as bad. Now I get to go home and fuck this girl I took this movie to. Yeah. That's what this movie's about. Yeah. 
Guilty pleasure, fluffy, schmaltzy, and predictable. This coming-of-age tale set at a turning, guess turning, point of American culture is extremely enjoyable due to erotic dancing and Oscar-winning tunes. Just disregard the stereotypes and cliches. <laughs> so disregard the whole movie. Just yeah. skip it over. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> I'm glad it was just an hour and a half. I can see why it was a hit, but this is just all kinds of boring. Dirty Dancing may be one of the most seminal garbage movies ever, but garbage it is. Oh, Jesus. Really? That's Who settles like that? It's a movie best seen through the hazy amber filter of 80s nostalgia. And if you're watching it without those rose-colored glasses on, God help you. That's my point. Nostalgia needs a time limit. Someone shoot me, or worse, make me watch this for the millionth time with my older sister. (laughs) That would hit the nail on the head. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star reviews. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Long one, but trust me, worth it. (laughs) I was so sad that Jennifer Grey got rid of her nose. What happened to G-Fall for the grandpa? I got your nose. I got your nose. Trick. That is the most important. Was it really? It was perfect just the way it was, but I guess it is not my nose, so I would not understand. I mean, who is not to who is not in love with this movie? Great summer flick. I have seen it so many times, I have lost track of the amount of times. I own both of the soundtracks. I have visited the locations they were filmed in. I love Patrick. She will always be a fave, so sad when he did pass. I think it is extremely sad when you start losing folks who are famous in your childhood. I am only 42, and I keep saying when Madonna passes, I will die. So many singers were famous when I was a kid, are gone. Life is just so quickly flying by, so quick. There is not, there is not one will good part. I don't edit for grammar. These people are dumb. So perfect, watch it. Good tunes, dancing, heat. Passion, summer love. Never put baby in a corner. I mean, what fun. This is this half is review. Of consciousness by a yeah. person with too many cats. It's a half review, half memoir. I was going to say a gay guy wrote this because he said when Madonna dies, I die. That's, that's usually a tip in my book. If he would have mentioned Cher, tipping. <laughs> that's good too. Next one. This is a I purchased this movie and another movie from here as a Christmas gift for my mom. I can't wait to see the look on her face when she opens the box. I have this in tom- I have this in tomorrow. Update 12/25/2019. My mom loved it when she pulled it out of this box. I kept it in and wrapped it for her. <laughs> what the hell is that? I don't she even just, understand that. She, you know, I'll, I'll explain. She Joe Buck play-by-played the Christmas experience that she gave her mom by giving her the Dirty Dancing film. I, I, I understand that, but oh. why? <laughs> why? These are idiots. Because, <sighs> simple, because simpletons don't understand. There's not a, as I said this, at nauseam to Kevin Israel yesterday, there should be a charge for every single post that you make on the internet, like mailing a letter. Then you would think twice about thinking <laughs> picture of your chicken fucking parm and posting it thank you you know what everyone needs a stamp on the tweet i love it 
I thought this was going to be a naughty movie many years ago when my dad rented it from the video rental on base. Turns out this movie isn't naughty at all. P.S. My older brother said that my dad went in the special room with the beads and put another movie into the Dirty Dancing case. P.P.S. I never did find out what happened to Come Gargler's 13. That was all me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Me for a second. And by the way, what happened to the, the beads? No, no, yeah. no. The first, the, the first sentence was all was that person. But then, the, sorry, the second two, but then the uh, special room. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had to call back. Who, who's made a joke about beads and porno in the '80s video stores? All right, shut up, yes. Kevin. Next one. I now have an ongoing goal to put myself in the situation baby puts herself in to have a romantic summer. Are you going to go back to high school and try and fuck one of your teachers? <laughs> If I go anywhere with a jukebox, I know I'm heading straight for the tunes and starting my dancing feet. I found one instructor and a great dance partner so far. He is now my pen pal. In fact, all my letters go to a place called Sing Sing. Wonder if they dance dance there too. Pen pal. Who does pen pals besides creepy people or murderers? (laughs) Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. It's time for Amazon one-star reviews. These are my favorite. Yeah, this is going to be fantastic. As superfan Katie Cohen has said, Kevin, these Amazon one-star reviews are going to be your legacy on life. (laughs) It just keeps getting worse and worse. I had to turn it off. This is definitely Satan's kind of movie. The guy isn't even nice to her. Either it just wasn't pleasant to watch. I recommend Pretty in Pink, A Walk to Remember, or While You Were Sleeping Instead. A Walk to Remember? That's a weird call. Sparks, God. Wasn't that Mandy Moore with uh, Vince? Yeah, it was a book by Nicholas Sparks. Was it? Mm -hmm. Plot is preposterous. Young girl morphs from naive doctor's daughter. Yeah. To sultry Sliff, who just happens to have slinky dancewear. The consequences of abortion are absent slash shrugged off. Can you explain to me what a sliff is? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard that term. I didn't Google because I was hoping one of you two would know <laughs> or have a funny comment to insert, but that didn't happen in either account, so we'll move on. Oh, how is it okay. spelled? S-L-I-T. S- no, S- <laughs> yeah, exactly. S-Y-L-F-H. I'm oh, sorry. L- S-Y-L-P-H. Mm, I got nothing. Yeah, Self. Yeah. A mythological air spirit. And now a Kevin Israel type review. I paid the extra $1 to watch an HD (laughs) on my brand new large HD TV, but the quality was so bad that we were not able to watch it. I ended up having to go out and rent it at a video store so she could see it. Very disappointed and wasted $3.99. I love when people... Rent HD versions of movies that were only recorded in SD yeah. to begin with. I love, Kevin loves the price breakdowns. We had one recently I love, where yeah. I love it anytime somebody brings up price of anything yeah. online. Like anytime you bring up the cost of something, you're just being an asshole. You're either bragging about how much you spent on something, or you're showing how much of a cheap bastard you are, or that you live in a exactly. shitty state, or you live in a shitty state where the movie ticket was like seven dollars and fifty cents, popcorn was three ninety nine, and the soda was two ninety nine. <laughs> Next one. Uh, the nineties. 
<laughs> See Top Gun review. Same film, except this one's a million times worse. What? I'm I really that. wish there was a moment where I could have been like, oh my God, they're right. This is the same movie as Top Gun, except it's not. It's not. No. Well, maybe in the sense where Patrick Swayze is sitting in his room with pants, dress pants and dress shoes on, and Top Gun where the boys are playing volleyball in jeans. Maybe that's the uh, connect they make. No? I'll go fuck myself. Last one. <laughs> Title was misunderstood via reviews I read. Hold on. <laughs> yeah no no do i do we need to pause i'll pause go ahead no go ahead oh i thought you were gonna have a pithy combat but that's true (laughs) how do you misunderstand the title dirty dancing but hold on there's more for years i have always avoided this movie mostly because of the title however after however after having read the plot in related reviews then thinking perhaps I misjudged the movie, I bought it. Big mistake. Such vulgar moves depicted in the first few minutes of the movie. I had to turn it off and trash the DVD. Kevin, one, two, three. That doesn't happen. Oh, I was going to go. I was going to go with, oh, my. <laughs> Judges accept that. No one throws the DVD away. You give that away at, at the, uh, the white elephant at your company's Christmas party. <laughs> Truly, the world thinks highly of this tripe. Well, so does Satan. Signed, I just gave $50,000 to Joel Osteen and my will to pray the gay out of my son. I saw him looking at Miatas and Jettas online, and I assumed the worst. Kevin Israel, did David the producer gut the sacred cow? 100%. He, he gutted it. He cut it open. He bathed in its blood and ate its udders. He murdered this thing, and I'm proud to be part of it. <laughs> I was going to say, it didn't take – I like the bathing in the cow. This was like Han Solo in Empire where he had to cut up the tauntaun. Uh Smells better on the outside. Yeah, this one, it didn't take much to knock this one down. But at least... David, you- I would have let you stuff me inside of that cow for this gun. <laughs> it didn't take much. You'd be surprised. Some people have had finger roll layups and have just, you know, missed the dunk or whatever on easy ones the last couple episodes. Well, yeah. But yeah, you went in there, guns blazing. And listen, you can go tonight to your lovely wife, Juliet, and go... I'm batting a thousand, two for two. How's your average? (laughs) Awesome. I'm fighting words. (laughs) I love sleeping on the couch. (laughs) David, you are an absolute pleasure and a joy. We treasure and adore you. And we can't thank you enough for coming on our podcast. But yet once again, why don't you give a yell to all the folks listening where they can find you? Guys, first of all, Awesome being on for a second time. I love doing this show. It's so much fun. And every t- well, the second time that you asked me to do it, you said, okay, pick a movie. And we went through a couple of iterations, and I picked this one, and I go, oh, fuck, no, I got to watch this one again. I, I always forget the hard part of this job is actually having to watch the movie again. Mm-hmm. But – it was awesome being on. Loved gutting this cow. And you could find me at, at Behind the Rant on Twitter. And, you know, I'm the producer of the Unreadable Rant uh, podcast with Juliet Miranda. That's it. Kevin Israel, where can we find you? 
KevinIsrael.com. Stand-up comedy is limping along, but some shows are coming in. Um, so check out my calendar, see where you can see me. And if you're afraid to go out, get my album, The Struggle is Real, everywhere you get audio online. KevinGoatee.com. Check out NFL picks, other stuff. Comedy very slowly coming back for for me as well. We'll hopefully get more dates on the calendar sooner than later. But more importantly, go to guttingthesacredcow.com. As I said before, articles every single day. You can, of course, grab a shirt at our merch shop, a hat. It is getting a little nippy out there. Uh, hoodie weather is getting closer than we want it to. And if you have not yet done so, for the love of Jesus H. Christ, write us a five-star rating, two-sentence review on your podcast platform of choice. But again, the highest form of a compliment is a referral. Tell your friends about how awesome we are because not just an hour ago, Kevin Israel and I are discussing where and when we're going to have our first live show. We are going to rent out an AMC movie theater, pick a film, have a guest, and do a live Gutting the Sacred Cow episode right then and there. So stay tuned for that. And let's just hope there aren't any more major outbreaks here, guys. But we cannot thank you enough. GTSC Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Find us there. David, the producer, again, thank you so much. As always, you are a fucking tour de force. Oh, loved it, guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks, and let me know the date when, you actually, when you're actually when you going to do that uh, for the live show. You know, I would love to come out and see that. God damn it. I am going to hold you to that. So I will see I will. you and your lovely wife up here. And no, the, don't count on that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you to leave the old ball and chain home and have some fun with the boys, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Atlantic City doesn't play by itself. <laughs> Ooh, that's an idea. We'll take you down there. Thank Playing you again. Yeah, you know it. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, David the Producer, thank you yet once again. We will see you next time. Take care.